Anyway, good morning. It's an absolute pleasure. The best I can do for you today is offer you Steve Vines on a plate. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, but I am fully dressed. We're, we're turning... I, it... I, have, I have got my wing collar on, as usual. Which well, a special is... occasion, last one of the year. <laughs> yes. You don't want to be here on a normal Thursday, I can tell you this. No, no, you really um, don't. Just to get you in the mood. Night one, zero. <laughs> Etc. <laughs> yes, well, well, um, this is our this, this is a reference to our man of the year, isn't it? Man of the year. Batchat has their person of the year. Who's their person of the year? Well, there's a there's a there's a poll oh, going on on, oh, on, the, on, the, on the I'll go to our Radio Three homepage and there's a thing in the top left corner that says you can vote and basically sorry sorry can I stop you there? You can it says vote. you can vote. <laughs> What's that all about? I think under the under the basic law and the decisions of the National People's blah blah blah. Actually, I'll tell you who won. <laughs> oh, that's better. Just, just so as long don't... as it's fixed in advance, I'm I'm only in favour it under those conditions because, frankly, that's what Hong Kong people want. They're not intelligent enough to vote for themselves, especially not on a Radio Three thing. Especially not. No. Well, I'll tell you what we've got so far. There's a few people here, but uh, you can do group or groups of people. Of oh, course. you can do a group. Yes. Uh, the students of the Umbrella Movement are at fifty-five percent. And right. the Hong Kong police are at forty-two percent. Right. Well, I've, I have another nomination. See why Lung's at point three seven percent. Well, I'm, just, I, I was just about to nominate him because I don't clicking. think I don't think that any other single individual has done more for stimulating, for prolonging, and for energising the, the the democracy movement. See why Lung. I mean, a more polarising figure you cannot imagine. So you know, it is entirely conceivable that even without him in office, people would have been out on the streets. But would they have come out with that enthusiasm, with those numbers, with that level of creativity? With those goggles. If, with those goggles, with that tear gas, if it hadn't have been for him as chief executive. So I think for services to awakening the political consciousness of Hong Kong, Mr Lowe, He's your man. step forward. Yeah. That, that would be my offer for today. Well, I, I wouldn't think it would be anything else coming from you, quite <laughs> frankly. But, well, uh, you know. Boy, oh boy, it, I mean... It, it was a toss-up between him and... Um, and Genghis Khan, but but Genghis Khan, you know, he he he's not with us anymore. He's on holiday. He's on holiday. Yeah, he's on yeah. leave. We should, at this point, normally, I suppose, be going. Oh, what happened in the year two thousand and fourteen? Should we not? But there's stuff. There's, <laughs> there's stuff this week. Yes. I mean, well, I mean, y- y- you know, I mean, we were talking about CY's uh, Herculean efforts on behalf of the democracy movement, but I mean, some of the aftermath of that is bizarre, and I mean the aftermath of the occupations, but some of it is deeply worrying, and most deeply worrying is something that happened yesterday, is this detention of a 14-year-old schoolgirl. More? You want more? (laughs) I know, I know, but she was a 14-year-old schoolgirl who cannot be lamed, because she's a minor for legal reasons, um, who has been um, remanded to a, um, a correctional service facility for or a children's, children's home, as it's home. called, the it workhouse. Is, well, it is actually, um, you know, it's not a children's home that you can walk out of if you don't like uh, being there the following day. The, the, what is her offence? I mean, let's understand. Whistling on a Tuesday. That wasn't quite that minor. It was tr- drawing on a wall a chalk flower. This was on the famous democracy wall that was the um, wall. in the Lennon Wall, which was in in uh, Admiralty. On the side of the occupation, it's a wall that um, is next to the LegCo and the government buildings over there. Anyway, the the point is, I mean, <laughs> proportionate. I really wonder if this is a proportionate response. I am. What's the word? To, God, God, to, God smacked on it. I mean, 
her father was in court, who was very distraught about this, saying, look, if you really think she's so out of control, I will undertake to escort her from school to school and back from school. I will supervise her at all times. She won't be allowed out of the house while you're considering her fate. And I'll remove two of her mobile phones. Only two? That's a bit harsh, isn't it? Well, um, but, but, you know, this... I, I, I'm trying to explain this as though it's in some way reasonable. No, it's but not. It's this just apparently, out there. The police, have, the police have requested the courts to impose on this 14-year-old, who must be an enormous danger to society... Actually, I'm glad I played Annie just then. That, <laughs> that jumps in as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, they, they've, they've, they, they want a, um, a, a care and protection order placed on this girl. Now, this is usually the sort of order that is is applied for by the police for drug drug addicts, children very unfortunately who are abused by their parents or have somehow got involved in other abusive situations, not necessarily with their parents. Big stuff, basically. Big stuff, yes. I mean, this is quite a serious thing, to take a child away from their parents um, because the, the court deems that the parents are unable to supervise them and they become a danger to themselves and to society. This is the sort of offence, this is the sort of level at which this kind of order is generally imposed. Here is a girl who quite evidently comes from a a, a home where her father is not mildly but actively involved in her parenting. She took part in a protest and she drew... on. With chalk. I mean, it wasn't even some indelible ink or something on a wall, illegally, um, a a flower. Now, we know that flowers are pretty dangerous. I've I've come across flowers in my time, and I can tell you they're not to be messed with, particularly when they're in a chalk image. But, I mean, this does suggest to you a level of political revenge rather than a level of justice. It's a kind of... It suggests all sorts of things. It suggests all sorts of things, but it does suggest, you know, because it is, in fact a fact that many young people were involved in these protests, that's hardly a secret, many of whom were of school age, it does suggest that somebody up there is saying, let's give them a really strong warning about taking part in political activity. This is a bit more than a really strong warning. Well, I mean, it's, you, you I'm know, not kidding when I said Charles Dickens. Well, you know, I mean, Workhouse is really too good for this girl, if you ask me. Incredible. I'll tell yes. you what, though, and we're talking, there's some, um, what's the word when something's connected, but very loosely. Anyway, it's that. Yes. Uh, Scott. A segue. Something like that. Loose, loose, loose. Oh, God, I don't know. Scott, on, Scott. I, wanted to, I wanted to nominate CY's daughter, uh, Lane Crawford Leung. Uh, he says, by the way, where's the students' union leader speaking up for the 14-year-old girl? And also, uh, Annie writes to me, she said, uh, but CY's daughter writes crap all over her Facebook wall. Well, she's quite allowed to. That's what I mean, it's a loose... Yeah, it's, it's a loose connection, but, but I, get, I get the point. I do get the point. But I'm not... I'm not tenuous. I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not giving up my nomination of CY himself. I still think he's the biggest contributor to the democracy movement. But of all the things... His daughter's are, a bit player. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to be harsh, because we are on the cusp and of the new model. year. And she's a model. Well, um, would be. I, I just... Th- of all the things that have happened this year, I, this one just... This is like, you're kidding me, when you it read is, it. I mean, it's a horrible thing to happen at any time of year. It's, it's particularly cruel. Um, 14. That's this, 10 and 4 years yeah, old. I know. I know. I mean, I'm thinking, I, well, I can't even remember what I was like at 14. I'm sure it was obnoxious. <laughs> well, you were banged up as well at 14, weren't you? <laughs> well, some people said should have been. <laughs> In a good school, because it said approved on the yeah, door. Yeah, my school was very approved. But all the same, 
I can't, you know, scratch of head, though. I know. I mean, it's just horrible. It really is horrible. And the magistrate who, who imposed this order... Did he put I, a black I ho- hat on? When I, hope, had- I hope he's having a really wonderful, wonderful New Year and he's very pleased with himself. The words not are in there somewhere. I mean, <laughs> yeah. sort of spluttering I know, I know. I, 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 in fact... I know it must be true, because I first of all heard this on an RTHK bulletin. Absolutely. And I thought I'd misheard it. It was on an so hourly, it was on an hourly bulletin. So I thought, I'd better tune in, that, um, you know, that next time the hour came round, just to check that I had really actually got this right. And I was gobsmacked. And I think most people who are... Of course... You, you've got the usual weasels who'll come out, you know, the people who are, who've dedicated their lives. <laughs> it's an extraordinary thing to dedicate your life to, but dedicated their lives to be anti-Democrats, who will say, well, it's about time these children were taught a lesson. We really Send them need, up a chimney. We, we really... Chimney? Chimney's too good for them. Exactly. <laughs> who's, got <a> ch- <laughs> who's got a chimney? Send them up an air conditioner. That's right. Get it cleaned. Um, I... I I don't know. I'm. 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 You're not allowed to be speechless on radio, are you? It, no, it creates a it creates an awful space. But the fact of the matter is, Smike, that I, I, I very much hope that the parents have the ability, which means the money, unfortunately, in this case, to appeal this decision because it's it's appalling. The problem with it is, is that even if they do appeal, it's most likely that she will, in fact, spend the three weeks locked up. And they've because, made another hero because um, you know it won't it won't come in time to to um, stop that happening. But you know what's going to happen now? Lots of chalk in well, lots of yes, hands all yes, over town. Yes, exactly. And lots of flowers on exactly, lots of walls. Exactly. And quite frankly, you ask for it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, you you can clear the people off the streets, but you can't clear the spirit of democracy out of people's hearts. And if if the government thinks they've done that, and there are weasels running around who are saying they've successfully done that, good luck, boys. Let's go back. You, you don't know nothing. But let's let's go back to Scott here. His second bit was uh, where is the students' union leader speaking up for the fourteen-year-old girl? He says, "Rule of law, my backside." And again, the student leaders are very disappointing. That he didn't say backside. I but, think I but, think that's slightly unfair. I mean, a lot but he, of but this. But the is question to, is, where, where, I mean, yeah. I, well, you know, this happened yesterday. I'm I'm very very confident that we will be hearing from them. I just I just I just think that's an unfair criticism. I mean, you know, this is a time of year when people are hard to get hold of. It's as simple as that. <laughs> I think I, I, I don't think that's a, a fair way to let go with you. A way to let go. Yes, I was having my phone I, fixed, which I, was an excuse that somebody did use for not turning up to a debate. Right? Oh, Some I thought, time ago, I thought when you no, I thought you had to have your phone fixed so you could play games so while you the could debate play was Candy going. Crush in Sorry, I, 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 I'm I'm so confused with how Ledgeco works. I thought you were supposed to have a phone working, otherwise you couldn't play the games. And what about all these, um, you know, government announcements that we play every half an hour about, you know, the youth and the flowers of tomorrow? Yes, oh, yes. I said oh, flower, flower, didn't I? Flower, um, but, you excuse know, me, that word is banned. N- nurture Next youth. you're going to talk about people using umbrellas, aren't you? That's amazing. It's, it's appalling. I'm against it. But, I mean, just... <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I mean, it's out there. I mean, just while we're... we're and you, you know that, that on this programme, you, you, you issue this edict that you're not allowed to criticise the government at any time, and I humbly obey that. But, I mean, it, I mean, while we're out there in bizarre land with the government, this week, as if, you know, satire was going out of fashion in Hong Kong, we have a consultation paper on how to revive agriculture. 
or uh, or farming. Send them, send them to the countryside. <laughs> farming. Mm, where have we heard gum. that before? Yes, I mean, you know, I mean, it, there is some. There is some. I there mean, there is a bit of farming, but you know, a consultation exercise. I mean, why don't they have? And I'm I'm all in favour of this. Why don't they have a consultation exercise on reviving the plastic flower industry? Now, can I tell you, listeners? Plastic flowers was jolly good during the 1950s. Yes. And even into the 1960s, we in Hong Kong were world beaters in plastic flowers. Why is there not a consultation paper on the revival of the plastic flower industry? Stop, there might be. We've got, we've got a <laughs> You little... shouldn't say these things, should you? And who Cause... gives them out? Orphans. <laughs> yes. Orphans. Yes. What an old-fashioned word. But I think, you know where I think we, could, we could sentence this 14-year-old. I shouldn't make jokes about Wait, this. A couple of little, little corrections here, actually, and this yes. is interesting to know. Scott carries on. He said, actually, the case has been going on for over two weeks. I do... Th- you remember, it's been no, floating no, no. around. No, no, It's been floating around, but, but you can't comment on it until it reaches its conclusion. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. But it's not something that happened over night with reference to the students supporting but Richard writes in and he says um, you you may be aware of the 14 year old girl who's been arrested by the cops on Christmas Eve for drawing chalk flowers etc they've now applied for a court order uh, etc etc but basically a scholarism has started a petition on the judgment here and I'm clicking here right now so yeah so well uh, uh, as I said I mean the fact that it hasn't been reported doesn't mean that it hasn't happened I know so they they are there they yeah. are there. I don't. I, as I say, I think that's an I'm unfair that criticism. Yeah, I, I think that was just an unfair criticism. So basically, Scott, behave. Scott and Richard <laughs> behave. But but this this petition is only in Chinese at the moment. But he, he's, oh, fair he's enough. Sent, that's the oh, language sorry. of that's most people the, in Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. He said, you know, here's a translation, etc. So bottom line is, she hasn't been forgotten. Yeah, and she won't be. I, I'm very very sure of that. I think this. We haven't heard the end of this case. As I say, I very much hope that someone is giving her father um, the means to appeal it because, Seriously. you know, a lot of these legal judgments come down to do you have money in your back pocket to, to finance uh, further court action. It's, it's unfortunate, but that's, that's, the, that's the way the system works. What a way to end a very bizarre year for Asia's weird city. It is, it is. And um, anybody who thinks that, that, that this is a wonderful result... Good day morning. Steve Vine's joining me today and back to his normal time next week. I just want to follow up uh, before we go on to our next scintillating topic. This is from Lyndon. He says, I've got the cops on film up in Typo, ignoring illegal dumping. Meanwhile, a girl gets busted for flower drawing. He said, I'd like to stamp rule of law my mm, on the forehead of every idiot who uses this term on back chat. Thank you, Lyndon. <laughs> No more to add to that. No more to add to that, is there? (laughs) Um, I want to go on to... Well, you tell us what it's all about, Steve. Well, um, Britain has this curious thing called the 30-year rule under which documents relating to public policy can be released. They're they're released uh, not not in full, but in in large part. And, of course, this 30 years marks the 30th anniversary since the negotiations for the handover of Hong Kong, which resulted in in the treaty that was signed in 1984. Mm -hmm. And um, the documents that have been released, and as far as we know, that's not all of them, but most of them, show some very interesting things. Number one, that um, China, even in 1984, had to be kicked, um, kicking and screaming into the idea that Hong Kong should be allowed to hold any elections the Hong Kong people should be allowed to hold any elections. Number two, it confirms something that I think we've all known, but it's interesting to have it confirmed in writing. The level of Chinese resistance to having any Hong Kong people present 
let alone heavily involved, present at the talks about the future of Hong Kong, which they solely wanted to be negotiated between the British and the Chinese governments. And, and Britain acquiescing to this, but finally getting some Hong Kong people, civil servants, that is, involved in, in, in technical aspects of the talks, but not in the main talks themselves. So this already tells you in 1984 that the Chinese authorities, A, didn't really want to see any form of, of democratic development, and B, just were contemptuous of Hong Kong people, saying, no, they can't, they can't be involved in any discussion about their future. Now, then there's other things that come out of this. This is all stuff we kind of knew, but as ever, it's quite nice to see it in black and white. Um, one of the things which is um, very badly reflecting on Britain is how Margaret Thatcher, who was the Prime Minister at the time, instantly said, oh, well, you know, if we're going to sign this agreement with China, let's also push them on trade opportunities for British exporters. I mean, you know, we've given away Hong Kong. We should be getting something back. Mm. Now, of course, that wasn't how they presented it, as <laughs> no. giving away Hong Kong. But that's how clearly it was being done. And clearly she did want to um, press the Chinese authorities for trade opportunities, and they actually drew up a number of sectors and, and projects that they thought they could press the Chinese authorities to give a bung to British companies on. Mm. And the other interesting thing is, you know there's this big discussion at the moment as to whether the joint declaration has somehow become invalid. <laughs> void. Void, void, void. Um, it, it, it turns out that there was an active discussion within the joint liaison group, this is the group that was um, negotiating the treaty, um, it, there was a big discussion about whether the treaty should be registered at, at, at the, at the uh, United Nations as a treaty, giving it the status of an international treaty. <coughs> and apparently it had to go all the way up to the then... Um, uh, was he president or prime minister? Zhao Ziyang. I think at the time he was prime minister rather than uh, president. No, the second one. Yeah. Um, who, who, who just at the last moment said, oh, all right, if you really want to register it as a treaty, an international treaty, go on, we'll do that. So um, it wasn't as though it was some oversight that China said, oh, well, you know, um, uh, ooh, uh, do we want to give this treaty international standing? There was a big discussion about it, and it was a concession that had to be squeezed out of the Chinese side of the talks. So what do these papers tell us? I mean, they tell us many, many things, but overwhelmingly what they tell us and for those people who are very busy rewriting history here in Hong Kong they tell us a that on the one hand Britain had you, you know many interests but but overwhelmingly was 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 keen to move on from pesky pesky little Hong Kong yeah. to the interests of their exporters that 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 the Chinese government was resolute in its determination not to allow Hong Kongers to have the smallest say in their future and that, as I say, um, they simply um, thought that, that any talk of, of democratic development in Hong Kong was something that they didn't really want to hear. So they allowed a line to go into the joint declaration, and there is a line there. And you, you, can, you can see those boys in Beijing going, yeah, 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 well, we'll put it in there. But Let's void. We're just joking. Void that. We're just joking. <laughs> void it all so, over. I mean, are these bombshell reservations... Reservations are these bombshell revelations? I think not. Yeah, because we did kind of know all this stuff, but you know the devil is in the detail, and and also I just say in passing, the fact 
that these papers are being released is a reflection of a functioning democracy because people do need to know this stuff. Unclassified files concerning Hong Kong can be downloaded from Margaret Thatcher Foundation, says a Twitter post I've got in front of me. And, oh, there's, right. a, and there's a photograph of the actual thing here. It says, it says it's dated the 21st of December 1984. So that would have been, that would have been the, the, the just after the signing. Of the, of the joint declaration when they were having a press conference. Yeah, and this is from the Hong Kong Department. And it's of the Foreign Office. Of the Foreign Office, be, yeah. And, and this is a photograph. This isn't somebody's, somebody's typed it. This is absolutely brilliant. It says, questions likely to be raised at the PM's press conference. Once again, December 1984. And it goes through, you know, one to several. and it's yeah. station- which, which is, incidentally, how, how they always do it, yeah. you know, yeah. Oh, I mean, yes, Minister. Yes. The BBC asks a question, they go, number three, that's the yes, answer. Yes. <laughs> anyway, things like stationing of the PLA in Hong Kong, did Chinese leaders give any details, drafting of the basic <coughs> law, what form will the consultations this take? Insta- this is called line to take. It's line to take, yeah, yes. LTT. Yes. And, and, and we, we go down here, now this is absolutely fabulous, especially for us, because we get to numbers 1 to 11, says if you had to name one reservation or doubt about the agreement, which one would you single out as the most worrying. Now, these were possible questions for Margaret Thatcher, the Prime Minister. Point 12 says, in quotes, Harvey Stockwin type questions. <laughs> this is in a PM's office document. Yeah, well that, Harvey that, Stockwin that, that, type that re- questions. That reminds us how worrying Harvey was. That is amazing. To, to, to the um, politicians of the day. And what they mean by Harvey Stockton questions, I don't want to sort of butter Harvey up unnecessarily. No, but they mean these are the more incisive and tricky questions that you have to be dealing with. They've written his name here. I I bet around 97 it said Moriarty-type questions. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, I really bet it did. Possibly, but, but this I is a real that. piece of history here. Yeah. Harvey Stockwin type questions. That's great. Absolutely That's great. fantastic. Anyway, let's move on. A couple more bits and pieces. Yeah, to let, talk let, about. let's move on. I mean, we've got. Um, I just read today in the, <laughs> I'll say those words, South China Morning Post, uh, 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 an obituary of Ronald Lee. Great investor, great this, great that. And it says in passing, oh yes, and he was sent to jail for something, something to do with improprieties. Now this is Ronald Lee who was the chairman of the Stock Exchange. In fact, he was the chairman of the Stock Exchange when they united it in the late 1980s, because there, there was more than one Stock Exchange in Hong Kong at that time. Right. And then we had the um, big financial crisis at the end of 1987. And it was Ronald Lee who, at the subsequent year, it turned out, had, and his cabal of people, I mean, it wasn't just him, including somebody who's still... Um, a, a, a big political player was part of this cabal. Um, they were all hauled in for doing, and you can't get more undermining than this, basically saying to any company that wanted to list on the stock exchange, feel free, boys, our price to the listings committee is the following, either in shares or in straightforward cash. So he was eventually convicted for this. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you get no sense of this from reading the, obit- the obituary. I mean, of course, I'm sorry the man has died. But, you know, the damage that he did to the reputation of Hong Kong's stock exchange, I mean, to call him a visionary investor and all this stuff, I'm sorry, if you're a bent leader of a stock exchange and you're forcing companies to pay to get a listing or pay a bung to get a listing... Um, you are not a visionary leader. You're a corrupt 
person who's undermined the financial system of Hong Kong. So uh, anybody who's reading these glowing uh, uh, obituaries to Ronald Lee should try and remember that. I know you're not supposed to speak ill of the dead, but you should at least understand the background and the history. Well, they're not going to write that in the paper, are they? Well, I think they should, actually. Some papers might. You, you know, I mean, some papers would say, you know, he had... I mean, he was a dynamic leader of the exchange. I remember going to press conferences with him, and, and he talked a good talk, and, and he got marvellously angry with people. Talking of angry press conferences, I mean, he, the, the press conference um, after, the, after he shut down the exchange with the connivance of Piers Jacobs, who was then the financial secretary, and he was asked some tough questions, led to one journalist, an Australian journalist, being ordered out of the room, because he ordered... <laughs> he asked, I mean, you know, these vintage days of a proper press conference nice are no say. longer with us. Go and wait in the bar. Go and wait in the bar, and I'll, I'll, I'll duff you up. Have or some get, get my boys to duff <laughs> you up later. Yes. Anyway, I just pass this on, because memories seem to be fantastically short in Hong Kong about um, about this is really not that distant history. It's only about 20-odd years ago. Mm. Anyway. Okay. Well, thanks. It's got, we've got to clarify these points I think, on this programme. I think stuff has to be so, put on the record. there was I with a bunch of mates in a bar in Wan Chai one, one March weekend last year, watching the Sevens final, I think. And just as you get to the wham-bam... It goes to a commercial for ladies' underwear or perfume or now, something. What channel were you watching? I can't possibly tell you. What? But just, it was the, it was the Heidi Bowl all over again. <laughs> Smack. There you go. And then you get something about a bloke riding on a horse saying, oh, this residence is not for you because you're scum. You're scum. Scumbags don't but, but apply. But right at the end of the sentence. I think we might just, this might just be a lead into ATV. I'm just guessing, vaguely. <laughs> you're not saying now. But the fact of the matter is, what a shambles. What a I bizarre mean, situation. What a bizarre situation. Here you have a company that's been apparently approved by the relevant authorities. I love that term, relevant authorities. I'd like to know who are the irrelevant authorities, yeah. but never mind. <laughs> by the relevant authorities to run one of two um, existing um, terrestrial TV stations, it, it, by no standard whatsoever could it possibly be said to be up to the job. It now turns out it can't even pay its own staff. Down to standard. <laughs> Down to standard. I mean, the, these are the same masterminds who, who kicked out Hong Kong television uh, on the grounds that they couldn't possibly behave in the sort of responsible and uh, worldly manner that ATV are behaving. Well, now we know that um, it's been losing billions of, of, of um, dollars. And, you, you know, you say to yourself, well... Why is it losing billions of dollars? Oh, that's right. Because its programmes are of no interest to anybody. It's really simple. TVB makes money, and apparently not as much as it used to, but it does make money. It does provide a service, if you like that sort of thing, because people want to watch it. Yep. So the reason why ATV is losing money is not act of God. It's act of ATV that it's losing money. It has no business having one of these government-granted licences. But, on the other hand, it is, of course, politically correct. It has people who will um, pull the plug on controversial political... Controversial. Well, i.e. anti-government, anti-Beijing voices. It is, it is a shabby little TV station. Right. And, you know, you feel sorry because, like all these shabby little TV stations around the world, it's not just ATV, it has perfectly good people working for it. And I feel very sorry for them. No but, kidding. But the, the management level, 
Here, check this out. Can you just explain this to me? So in our news this morning, it says, <coughs> a senior journalist at ATV said on Tuesday that she will quit on New Year's Day despite pleas from her colleagues not to do so. Blah, blah, blah. Goes to the end. And at the end, it said, um, she also said she couldn't understand how the government could allow a licensed broadcaster to repeatedly defer wage payments. Is that kosher? How the government could allow a licensed broadcaster to repeatedly yes, it's defer... against the law. I mean, if you breach the law... When you, when you hold a government licence, you should, by any normal standards, forfeit that licence. And it's not some minor breach of law. It's not like a sort of littering offence in the seventh corridor. It's quite big, this one. This is <laughs> not paying all your staff money that they have a statutory entitlement to. The word statutory actually has a meaning. It means by law. So, you know, these poor people at ATV haven't been paid for November, very unlikely to be paid for December. And the triumphal settlement that the, the Labour Secretary has achieved is to pay them for half a month, i.e. a quarter of the money that they're due. Well, what a negotiating success.